everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about snake eyes for an hour and a half. That's all we're doing is talking about snake eyes. No, we're not. Yeah, no, that's a lie. I, I don't know if I could, actually, if I'm going to be completely real. But we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. Uh, it's just the two of us today. Uh, Ron was unable to join us today, so uh, go and talk to Ron and tell him you miss him. Ask him his snake eyes opinions. <laughs> I mean, he loved it. Spoil- Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, he loved it. Ron loved it. Um, he, I mean, I think we could just speak for him during the review portion of the show, which we'll get to. But before we go any further, we got to make sure that we remember our pickle of the week. Hey, all right. Look at that. So who is the problem here? I mean, that's no, it's I'm, only it's only a problem when there's three people, you right. know. Um, I'm yeah. gonna go first. Um, my pickle of the week is Vampire: The Masquerade Core Rulebook. So you might say, Michael, but that book's been out since 2018. Well, you're right, but it's getting reprinted under the new publisher with new errata and updated uh, formatting and fixing some of the problematic content. So it comes out this week. Um, and I'm very excited about that. So, um, they also just, there was glaring editing problems with the first book, um, that the fans sort of had to figure out. And then they released a PDF online detailing. Oh yeah, actually we meant this to work like this. Like, yeah, we kind of figured. Um, but anyway, so that's coming out from Renegade, uh, who is really killing it with RPGs. So this should be in all stores this week. Nice. Yes. I am picking a graphic novel. It's one of DC's, not DC Inc., but young adult um, imprint items. It is called I Am Not Starfire. We got Here it is for everyone watching. Yes, all watching all around the globe. <laughs> all the person watching. Um, me. It is written by Mariko Tamaki, who I really like, who did oh, yeah. Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me, and she's writing Wonder Woman now, I think, and lots of other graphic novels with art by Yoshi Yoshi T- Yoshi. Tani, um, who I'd never heard of, but I'm flipping through it and it looks great. I haven't read this yet, but I'm very excited. I know it made people angry online, so uh, oh, that makes me want to read it. It's probably really good then at that point. Yeah. Um, people are like, that doesn't look like Star. That's not what Starfire's daughter would look like. So, okay. Um, what's, what's Ron picking? What would Ron, Ron pick? is picking. Ron is yeah. picking. You know, we didn't, we didn't even think about this ahead of time. Ron's picking. Uh, he's going to pick a, tra- a trade this week. He's going to pick Sunstone Volume One. Go pick. Some- Is that new? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He he picks old trades sometimes. When he- yeah, I forgot. Like- he does do that. Um, but also in the absence of Ron, he did uh, leave us with a a one watch list. A number ones. We got a bunch of number. Actually, not that many number ones out this week. We got Gru meets Tarzan, Batman Secret Files, Huntress, Icon and Rocket Season One. Superman, Son of Kal-El, Mirka Andolfo's Sweet Paprika, Amazing Fantasy, Symbiote Spider-Man Crossroads, Dune, Blood of the Sardaukar, and Last Book You'll Ever Read. All this Dune stuff is coming out, man. Like, it's getting uh, Ready. It's getting close. I got solicited for a new Dune board game um, that's coming out using movie art, so that's going to be exciting. <gasps> From Fantasy Flight, uh, we are definitely going to get that one but anyway 
Um, this is the part of the show where we'd like to remind everyone to please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out, and it helps new people find the show. It will also help us achieve our 2021 goal of getting Rotten Tomatoes verified. Once we hit 200 reviews, we will start affecting the rankings of the films that we review. Films. So go do us a favor <laughs> and go do it. Um, yes. So before we get to Snake Eyes, we got to talk about our events. We have uh, some stuff. Uh, I want to thank everybody who came out to uh, the final Key Forge in Sugarland last week. Uh, it's bittersweet saying goodbye to Sugarland. Uh, well, for Key Forge, because uh, we're going to be back this Friday with Flesh and Blood. A free event with pre-made Welcome to Play Blitz decks. Uh, we will have um, decks for, uh, you know, retail decks for sale as well as booster packs and everything. Uh, this is like the Flesh and Blood is the hottest card game out right now. It's from Legend Story. It's a New Zealand-based card company. Um, this is their only game, and they launched at the worst time ever. They launched at February end of February 2020. Um, so. And, and when you're in New Zealand, you know, the, the demand for their game was so, so high, drove the prices through the roof. Um, so from a pure, like, speculation and investment standpoint, it's a very uh, worthwhile game to look into. But from a gameplay perspective, it's also super fun, as it is, as far as I'm aware, the only major card game on the market that is 16 and up. Uh, it's pretty violent. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, although the name Flesh and Blood would imply that, that's not what it means. It was funny enough. It launched right before COVID. The name Flesh and Blood was designed to be um, counteracting to Hearthstone, which is the World of Warcraft digital card game. This game was designed to be played in person specifically to have components that don't work digitally um, to, to be played in the Flesh and Blood. That's the gimmick. Um, but obviously they had to make concessions immediately. Uh, <laughs> and allow digital play. But we're going to be hosting that at Sugarland this Friday at uh, the Friday the 30th at 7 p.m. Um, I will be there at 6 o'clock to help registration and get set up. But that's this Saturday. And then, I'm sorry, that's, that's this Friday. And then uh, this Saturday, the 31st, we have the Paint Club ever, I'm sorry, first time ever in person at the Clear Lake store. We're going to be painting a dire troll. It is $20. You get a dire troll miniature, 12 uh, pots of paint, uh, two brushes, a water pot, a little palette, and we're all going to paint it together and have a good time. Um, and then at the end, you have a miniature that you can put on your shelf and do nothing with, or use it in your game if you don't want to be like me. But you know, I've got I got my got my boys up here who don't do anything ever. I got this got a dragon that just sits here and they look pretty. Okay. Yeah, I know. I I've that's what they're there for. It is. That is exactly what their their job is is to look pretty. But anyway, so that is this coming week. Um, I'll give the dates for next month. Um, so for Keyforge next month, we're going to be doing it on the 6th and the 20th. Those are um, Fridays, and this is going to be at Clear Lake at 7 p.m. I'll talk it up more next week when it is actually August. Nice. Yep. I have a few events. Um, tonight, we have a Facebook live sale at bedrockstudy.com slash live. Uh, this one is not high dollar heavy. We got the cheap books this time, um, but like cool ones, you know, like first, you want the first King Shark? We have it, you know, nice. like we don't, we, we do have a Brave and the Bold 28, which is first Justice League. 
So if you're a big spender, we got that. Then we got a bunch of, we got three long boxes worth of bundles also, which is my favorite thing to sell because it's like selling graphic novels, like a, you know, like a whole story, you know? Right. I love that. Yeah. And our bundles are like the best bargain you can get, you know, because I always price them down. Um, it's normally like one to $2 max an issue, you know, unless it's like a Watchmen bundle or something, you know? Um, but that is tonight at 7 p.m. And then we have a signing on Saturday from, sorry, I had my page open, but then it just went away, from 1 to 4 p.m. at the Galleria Area Store. This is with Frank Cho. He is the writer, artist, and cover artist of our exclusive uh, comic for Fight Girls number one. We have two covers left. We have the regular trade dress version, and then we have the creepy trade dress version. They're both an homage to Frank Cruzetta's Cat Girl. Um, we sold out of the Virgin one. We pre-sold out of it before it even went out. Um, awesome. So, sorry about that. Yeah. But I think the creepy one's the coolest, so we still have that one. I agree. Um, and yeah, he'll be signing those at our event on Saturday and he'll sign anything else you bring to and it's totally free. You just have to buy, you know, a copy of our cover price comic, you know, and then you'll basically unlock the signing and he'll sign all the other stuff. Um, so yeah, he'll be there one to four. And then we have free comic book day coming up. Another big event. I'm very excited. Yes. Um, I can't wait. All the books came in today. Yes. I mean, did, did your check-in go okay? Uh, no, I, we, did, we, did, we didn't check him in. Oh, we're okay. Doing, we're doing it tomorrow. Uh, okay. Well, but, but Diamond Diamond packed them really great in that uh, most of the boxes were labeled as free comic book day stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but about half of the boxes were not labeled, and they were mix and match of Tuesday and free comic book day. So not really great. No, they're <laughs> all, almost there. Almost there. Okay. Almost great. Um. Free comic book day is August 14th. It's at all Bedrock locations. It starts at 10 a.m. when we open. People line up before. You don't have to. I mean, maybe get there at 9.30, you know, something like that. Make sure you get the good stuff. Um, there will be thousands of free comics at each store. A bunch of local artists, two to five local artists at each store. Uh, we'll have a couple all-ages graphic novelists. Uh, Dave Roman, who did Astronaut Academy. That's what he's most famous for. And then John Patrick Green, who is not John Green. Uh, I wonder if he wanted to have his middle name. Um, John kinda, Patrick Green, who did... At that point. Yeah, or like Jonathan Green or something. Uh, he did Investigators, and then they also both did Team Boat together. They're friends. So they're going to be together at the Galleria area store from 10 to 1.30. So it's the first part of the day. And then um, from 3 to 7, the last part of the day at the Sugarland store. They're going to be going together. So they'll both be together at Galleria and then both together at Sugarland. Dave Roman's awesome. Uh, he was at Sugarland, I think, two years ago, three years ago. Um, He's a cool guy, right? Yeah, he was very nice. I drove him back to his hotel and picked him up. He was really great. Yeah, and they just released these new Astronaut Academy, like, new editions that have, like, fresh colors. It looks very, you know, right. like the modern art style. I think it looks really cool. Um, and, so even and, if you have it, you can pick up another one. A lot of adults might not even be aware of some of the kids' comics. That you know, we have a whole section of kids' comics that are not Marvel and DC that are just made for kids, and they're actually really, really good. Um, a lot of that stuff. So, Astronaut Academy is super cool. It's funny people like will see, like, oh, comics are doing better than ever before every year, but right. like that's because Dogman sells fifty times as much as Batman. You know, like right. these all ages graphic novels are what's 
keeping the industry alive, you know, and there's, right. it's like a gold mine of a bunch of good books there. Even the young adult ones, like all the non Marvel and, and DC graphic novels, I think are really good. A lot all of the, them. All that you know? the Telgemeier stuff, you know, the mm-hmm. drama. Oh, smile. smile. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. like that sells more than, you know, things that we would like killing joke. You know what I mean? Yes. Like nothing. They pale in comparison to the might of Captain Underpants. Yes, they're literally on the New York Times bestseller list, just like globally all the time, you know, right. like permanently Dogman and Smile and stuff are there. So I don't know. That's just, I, I don't think about that too sometimes. I'm like, oh, Avengers and Batman are doing well. I'm like, wait. No, I mean, they're doing fine. I'm <laughs> what sure. did Raina come out with this year? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get, like get some, bring some kids in, maybe who don't read comics and have them meet them. It'd be fun. Um, but I met a bunch of cool we kind of have a, a lot of the same um, local artists every year, you know? Yeah. But I met, I went to Palooza uh, last week and I met maybe like hundred different local artists at, a, at wow. Artist Alley and I met so many cool ones and we're going to have a bunch of new people along with some veterans, you know, of Bedrock at all the stores. So I'm very excited about that. We'll have a voter registration table. So like if you change the dresses, like, you know, you can just go to free comic day and they'll be at nine. So while you're in line, you can do it. You don't even have to like go out of your way. You know, they'll be outside of all the bedrock stores. And then there's going to be like other fun stuff, like gaming buses and cost Houston hero headquarters, cosplayers and stuff like that. Gaming buses. That was long, but it's, that's cool. It's free comic day. So it's it's our biggest event of the year. Honestly, if you're not excited about it, then you've never been before. Uh, Cause if you've been before, you would be excited. Um, Yeah. And we have to do a little extra legwork because it's everyone knows it's the or who does go knows it's the first Saturday in May. This is right. the first year where it's a little bit different, August fourteenth. So gotta get that date out there. But I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to have like a huge event again. You know. I know. I'm. I'm very. Excited. I'm trying to plan launch parties too, but with all these new distributors, I'm not sure how that works with selling at midnight. So oh, right. I'm going through the proper channels with Lunar and Penguin. and. Uh, penguin yeah stuff like that but penguin. it's coming together we're gonna have big events soon so that's all i got okay well then let's get into the watch list the watch list you know what i just realized is that i don't i didn't log snake snake eyes in my letterbox how will people know that <gasps> i watched it they have to know that you loved it so much oh yeah they do <laughs> um so before we talk about snake eyes dylan what'd you watch this week um i only have one thing that's not our shared movie to watch about it is uh masters of the universe with i think revelations oh, is what yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah. The, it came out this week um i don't know if you've seen michael but there's a lot of controversy surrounding it yeah it seems like a lot of people are like a lot canceling of kevin smith are... oh are yes they? not are they? canceling like he's problematic like canceling like they hate the show um because it's progressive in some capacity or okay it's, it's this is a very this is a very nuanced issue <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm going to spoil the first episode of Masters of the Universe. So skip five minutes if you don't want to hear about it. Okay. Um, it, it starts off... First of all, the trailers we saw were all from the first episode, it seems. It starts off being very He-Man-y. Like, all the classic heroes and villains are there. They're doing... They're at, like, an inauguration. Um, it's, like... And then there's, like, a battle, and it's very, like, cheesy He-Man-y, you know? You know what I mean by that? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then He-Man dies. They kill him. <laughs> And uh, it turns out that, like, it's a show about Tila. She, like, oh. leaves. She leaves 
everyone at the castle. She cuts off all of her hair and it like goes off on a different adventure and it's like a Tila show. That's and fantastic. it's not about all that stuff. It's like it's the well, biggest is this, swerve. Is, is it called He Man and the Masters of the Universe or is it called No, it's just called Masters of the Universe. Ah, see? Well then, you know, we were putting our own expectations into it. Yes. Well I think it's like half it's a little bit Netflix's fault because they did intentionally swerve us, you know, with the marketing. Right. But I'm I like that. I like it when they can pull a fast one on audiences, you know. But it's right. not what people wanted. Uh so a lot of people are mad at Kevin Smith and mad at um Netflix. You know, Netflix. I could see mad. I could see being mad that it's not what you thought, but like saying, there's a lot of people saying like it's too PC and you know, too okay. girl power and stuff. It's like because there's gay people in it too, and it's just like it's Kevin Smith. Did you want it to be like regular old He-Man cartoon? Like, right? Kevin Smith isn't. That's not what you hire Kevin Smith for. Yeah, you're gonna hire you hire Kevin Smith to have weird dialogue between you know Cyclor and Lizard Man, or I don't. I'm making up names. Uh, it's really fun though. I liked it a lot. I watched the whole thing. It's only five episodes, like half hour oh. episodes. It's like it's like a movie length. It's short. Okay. This is part one of season one. Um, but I would highly recommend, and especially if you're not a He-Man fan or Massachusetts fan not. like me. Me neither. I don't know anything about them. People I, that first I episode, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. People's who, um, people whose opinion I respect have told me it's good. So uh, okay, I'm into it. I think it's worth giving it a try at least. One or two episodes. But um, I also watched, sorry, real quick. I watched Old. Oh, I went okay. to. <laughs> I, I was that at the new theater. Yeah, so I don't have a lot to say about the movie itself. It was uh, stressful. I didn't really enjoy watching it. It was very on the nose about seizing the moment and not letting life pass you by. Blah 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 blah. Sure. Um, I don't want to spoil it because that's what the whole movie rests on. But it, the whole movie takes place on that beach, so it's just like a little it's bit a little boring. Too much for M Night Shyamalan to handle, and that like I feel like it has to be very well written. Because he's not to, great with to do that gimmick. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's entirely character driven. Because there's no plot; they're just aging quickly. That's the plot. Okay. You you do figure out why, and they're trying to escape, but it's it's a lot of like, let's figure out why we're aging, and like, oh, it's this. Okay. Level like just slowly watching them figure stuff out. It wasn't interesting to me, you know. Sure. Um, I, but I, I did go to. Yeah, go ahead. Go on. Um, are you planning on seeing it, Michael, or no? Um, Forget what I just said before not in, that. Not in theaters, honestly. Like, I haven't really enjoyed a Shyamalan movie in, in a hot minute, as they say. Like, what was the, the, the one? I enjoyed the, the visit. The visit. That was okay. That, that was okay. I don't, I don't remember, like, what else has been out. <laughs> um, I liked – the last one I really, really liked was The Village. Along, that's, a, that's how old it I thought you were going to say The Happening. You know, I don't think the happening is as bad as everybody says it is, but I don't think it's also all that good either. Um, I think it's Scott, not, it was not helped by Mark Wahlberg's cheesy well, acting, I feel like. You it's know? Mark Wahlberg. I mean, nothing is helped by Mark Wahlberg. It's, yeah, that's true. It's a weird Let thing. alone Mark Wahlberg. Um, but <laughs> so I was going to say, um, I know this came out because my curated horror, uh, you know, news site or whatever that I sort of have added a bunch of sources in. Just like it was, I was having to scroll past all these old reviews. Um, what's the the consensus? Is it divisive or? It's not like a middle of the road Rotten Tomatoes score, and I think okay. a Rotten Audience score. Oh wow! So I think it's okay. in the fifties, and then a Rotten Audience score. So 
I don't know. I wouldn't go to the theater to see it unless you have a AMC A-list or Regal Unlimited, you know? Right. But real quick, I did go to a new Regal that I was very excited about. It's in Bender's Landing. It's the one that um, Tyrese went to for the grand opening. Oh. Um, it's in the spring okay. area. So if 1960s your store, go to this one. Um, it is like, it's gorgeous. There's screens everywhere. Like, I feel like something's going to break and they're not going to be able to fix it and it's going to look run down very quickly, you know? Uh, right. But, like, everything is a screen. It's just, like, a neon fantasy inside. It's so fresh. And, it's like, it, it just, it's, I love the how pristine it is, you know? And there's, like, employees everywhere. And then you can buy VIP tickets, which are a little bit more. And then there's, like, a closed-off VIP area of the theater, Oh. And there's like a VIP lounge where you get where there's free popcorn and drinks. Really? And then yeah, and then the all the screens, all the theaters are 21 and up. What is it's like, like Delta maybe platinum or something like that? Yeah, it's literally it's literally like the like a sky lounge. <laughs> like wild. A, yeah, but it's like it's like six auditoriums, and it's not the premium ones, but it's they have recliners and stuff. So wow, it was okay. a very nice theater. I think if you're in that area, it's worth it. But it was like a What's half it? hour on the highway. Well, I mean, that's that's the same duration it would take you to get to like the theaters up by me, right? Like to go like to the yeah, or something. That's true. So I mean, and that's what it takes me to get up to the marquee. How long does it take you to get to the marquee? Fifteen minutes? Like eleven minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I live I live in Rosenberg. Everything takes forever. So I feel bad for you, Michael. You're the one that lives far away. Of all of and us. and work far away. Like I have I like know. double, you know, coming into town for the movies. Um, uh, yeah. Well, what can I say? That's what I'm here for. Yeah, but this is Regal Bender's Landing. It's in spring. It is. Go check it out. Okay. I, I, That's all I got I, for my I'm watch into, list. I'm into it. Um, what did I watch? Um, we had a movie night at Clear Lake uh, with some of the employees. We got together and we decided we're gonna we're gonna have a little movie night. That's and cool. We, we in got, store. In store employees just hanging out huh okay so we watched a movie called the mcpherson tape which i am certain that you've never heard of uh it's from 1989 and let me preface this by saying it's horrible okay Um, but it's also very ahead of its time it's a found footage movie a la you know blair witch uh but it's from 89 so like very advanced uh idea i guess but uh so the gimmick is uh it's uh guy with a video camera of you know videotaping his niece's uh fifth birthday and then there's an alien invasion or the they go up power goes out then they gotta go outside to see a spaceship and there's some aliens and then there's aliens in the house and blah 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 it's 63 minutes it's very short well um yeah but this 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 movie is kind of legendary because what's it called the mcpherson tape okay um so it was uh, directed by Dan Aliotto. However, the movie is kind of legendary because in the early 90s, well, so also he couldn't get any distribution for this movie. He showed it at some conventions and then it went nowhere. However, someone took the credits off the movie and released it into the UFO community. And the UFO community and UFO conventions in the 92, 93 thought this was real. And that's hilarious because it is so obviously not real. Like that was on TV. Like they aired this um, after, after it got really popular in the uh, ufology community, like uh, 
you know, uh, they, that's what they, that's what they call it, dude. Um, they, um, they, uh, aired it on Fox once and it was a big mess. And, but anyway, so yeah, this movie's called UFO abduction on wiki. Correct. Um, that was interesting. The, right. So it was known in the UFO community as the McPherson tape because <laughs> stop saying UFO community. It, it is. So at UFO conventions, people would sell bootleg versions of this, um, called the McPherson tape. And that is the the version that vinegar syndrome released, you know, the, okay. uh, and, but, but it's cleaned up and looks as good as a movie shot on video could look. And, you know, he hired improv actors. They all, it's, it's well acted actually. Um, dialogue's believable. It's just, I mean, the plot makes no sense. Cause like they, they go out in the backyard, they find some aliens and they're like, Oh, whatever, let's just play some cards. And then, you know, aliens come in, but it's great. hundred percent recommend. Um, cool. if you can find it, but yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they added some special effects later and called it UFO abduction. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we had, we did that on Sunday. We're going to do that a little bit more regularly with the idea to watch some more, uh, you know, trashy movies like this, other vinegar syndrome things. But anyway, I think that's it. I started to watch the outsider. I'll talk about that more when I finish it. Uh, I know Dylan and Ron watched it and loved it. Um, so if you haven't, I've watched the first two episodes. If you haven't watched it, it came out last year. It's very, very good. Uh, and mm-hmm. the book is fantastic. I'm waiting for Holly to show up. She's my favorite character from the book. Is she not in the, in the second one? No. Oh, okay. I think she must be in the next one then. I, she's, I assume that's her in the like the little thumbnail. So, but it's really good. Um, let's talk about snake eyes. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Uh, what do we so, say? Spoilers, spoilers for Snake Eyes. If you, if you care about Snake Eyes, skip skip forward ten minutes. I can't imagine. You we can't got much even spoil eyes. it though. I mean, what's the spoil? What are you? Some kind of Snake Eyes? <laughs> exactly. Um. So let's talk about Snake Eyes. It came out last week, starring Henry Golding and some other people, um, that I don't know. Uh, well, you know what we you know what we haven't done we didn't. We haven't done it for the last multiple movies that we talked talked about in theaters. Uh, trailers that we got, we didn't get anything exciting, did we? I think it's all the same old crap that we've seen online. We were hoping for Dune. Yeah, Dune had just come out. The new trailer for Dune. I was really hoping for that. Yeah, um, I don't think we. I don't remember getting any memorable trailers. Um, so, and as we predicted, um, Henry Golding's whole face is out for ninety-five percent of the movie, uh, which is fine. That's I would say more than 95. Yeah, it was yeah, 99.5. Yeah. 99.5. It's on for 3 seconds. Right. The mask is on for 3 seconds. And yeah, he was I mean you, you don't hire Henry Golding to put him under a mask, right? Like he was hired because he's good looking. Good thing they won't get a sequel so they won't have to work around it, you know. Oof. Um so the movie is currently sitting at a surprising 40% on Rotten Tomatoes uh with a 74% audience score. Um it is two hours and one minute, and it felt like five. Um, it got $13.4 million uh, <laughs> at the box. Yikes. I don't know if that's the weekend or total, but that's what it says on Rotten Tomatoes. It should be opening weekend so far. Okay. Um, it was written either by way. different people. <laughs> that's know, not that uh, weird for a blockbuster. I know, but I mean, like, yeah. 
so it's rated PG thirteen. I don't know. How, I don't know how you talk about this movie. It was um, it's bad. Okay, it's bad. It's uh, even if you really like GI Joe, I feel like it's still bad. Like um, well, there were people with us who liked GI Joe, like Kevin and and uh, I don't think Elvis likes GI Joe, but his brother Kevin does. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't enjoy it either. He maybe enjoyed it, but he didn't think it was a good movie. No, well, we went with different. a pretty large group, and no one thought it was a good movie. We should no. say that. Uh, I'll say Laurie had a good time, but like, I mean, I also had a good time mostly. But um, yeah, I didn't suffer watching it. I mean, I will I never watch it again. No, but I wasn't like itching to leave. Like, uh, when is this over? You know, Ron it was, was pretty short. At least it was I mean, two hours. Actually, no. Well, Ron loved it. Short. He's not here. He loved it. Oh yeah, it was his favorite. He yeah. said this is. He said this is what um, Winter Soldier wanted to be, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. He had Um, a lot of words to say. Yeah. Yeah, he really, he just like held us hostage after the movie was over, just going on the rant about how great it was. Um, But anyway, so you see uh, Henry Golding as Snake Eyes, and you get the origin story of how he becomes Snake Eyes. And so Matt was asking me in the back, Matt at Clear Lake was asking me, like, do do they explain his name at all? Like, and he's like, is it is it on the level of Han Solo in Solo or worse? I was like, I think it's on the level, but it makes a it's little better. bit more sense. It's it's on the same like, I, I don't know. They do explain it, but I think it's definitely uh, better than the Solo thing. It's um, better in the sense that they made it more of a part of the story rather than like a passing like throwaway moment. Yeah, right. But other than that, it's on the same level. You're right. Right. <laughs> It's. I mean, they they did it twice, right? I mean, oh well, Storm Shadows thing was. So There's a lot stupid. of snakes in this movie. There's there snake eyes. There's right. two big snakes. There's cobra. There's three big snakes. Okay. Three. Okay. Sorry. Oh yeah, three big snakes. R.I.P. Um, yeah. and then there's cobra. Like, what is with the snake motif? It's, it's also Joe, man. To to like paint a picture of how much I didn't know about GI Joe. Um, I was asking Austin like some gear up questions on Wednesday night before the live sale because we're about to see it on Thursday. Yeah. And then so I don't know how we got to the previous G.I. Joe movies, but I thought Channing Tatum's character was Joe. Like I thought he was G.I. Joe. <laughs> I never like, saw them. He's like, nah, that's Duke. And I was like, well, who's G.I. Joe? And he was like, Bruce Willis in the second one. And it it blew my mind. I was so confused. I always assumed, because you know, there's always like the main blonde guy, like army guy in the front. Right. That's not G.I. Joe. Isn't that crazy? What that's, are they doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about G.I. Joe, but that's stupid. Um, I do know <laughs> that they, they try, they really, okay, so they did cram a lot of G.I. Joe references into this. Um, yes. Which if you're a Joe Too fan, many. you know, that's good for you. The worst one, I think, was when uh, Snake Eye says to uh, Scarlet, Yo, Joe. Uh, for no reason. For no reason. Yeah, right. Right. Um, but also, how Storm Shadow got his name. So let's, real quick, flashback to before Bloodshot came out. And I think Dylan said that his preferred way for, him, for Bloodshot to get his name would be someone say, your eyes, they're, they're bloodshot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that is literally what happened in this. Storm Shadow uh, was looking you know, far off into the distance before a big event. And uh, the, the lady was like, you have that look in your eyes, like the shadow before a storm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my, my wow. 
The we got mad, it. The mad lads did it. Um, so it's like they listened to our podcast. Um, I'll, I'll, can we get like a partial writing credit on that? Yeah, so I feel like we put it out there, you know? Yeah. We, also, we spoke it into existence. Michael said that no one was in this movie, but I really like Samara Weaving. Oh, yeah. I, I can't say she's a standout because she did nothing and was had bad acting in this, but uh, Everybody she was in Ready or Not, which was one of my favorite movies from last year, two years ago, I don't know, and the Babysitter franchise on Netflix. I like her a lot. I was excited to see her. And then we got 10 minutes of her and I was like, oh, dang. Um, because I don't know if you feel this way, Michael. I felt like the movie was like two arcs of an anime. It had like the training part. And then like <laughs> suddenly it had like Cobra and G.I. Joe. Like it became that in the middle of the movie. I agree. So like I didn't hate it for the first like 30 minutes. I started to really hate it when it got mystical. And like magic and superpowers, and like oh, oh, yeah. we're doing that. Like this I think I held on a little bit longer than you. Um, or I tried to. <laughs> right, and then yeah, but once he is in full gimmick, you know, it's like okay, well, this is dumb. Well, the story and- was like, oh, you're training, and then suddenly it had not been mentioned. Or it was not a part of the story before. They're like, oh, and there's this magic rock that we have, and Cobra's trying to get it. You right. know, it was like, oh, and, the, from and, the, and the and the G.I. Joes are, are against Cobra, and they're also going to show up. It had no, you could remove any part of these, of the story, and it would be the same. Nothing, Right. it wasn't like a triangle where, like, all the sides were leaning on each other. It was just, like, three lines, you know? Like, right. nothing, nothing had to do with anything. That's what bothered me the most. I was like, oh, okay, we're in the G.I. Joe arc now. It was just... It was weird. I was kind of on board in the beginning because it was just generic ninja training with very like very like, generic ninja training. The most generic, like find your destiny, your harmony, like you know, right. ugh, like put your ego before like Lori, Americanized ideas of yeah. Lori took a, a great like annoyance with like the meditation and stuff. It's like he just says he repeated something one time and then he gets it like that's not how that's supposed to work you know yes he um, got it he just put the ego before the self ah okay i got it done what now what also i don't did you feel like everyone nearly everyone was very campy except snake eyes like <laughs> yes. i don't know i feel like henry golding was trying to make it like grungy or like realistic maybe a little bit but everyone else was like hamming it up a little yeah. bit like baroness and scarlet and storm shadow and and uh akiko the other character his love interest i guess i felt like they were in a different movie and they didn't no one told him you know yeah I he's agree. like george clooney and batman and robin <laughs> yeah um i i i, I completely agree with that i liked I don't know. This is a weird take, but I liked uh, Andrew Koji. He played Storm Shadow. I, I thought he was way more. He was like very like dynamic and like a, his acting was actually good. He was the best performance in the movie easily. Yes, it was so good. I would I would much rather watch a Storm Shadow movie based on this. He's from Warrior, which is an an AMC show. Uh, it's a martial I, arts show. I haven't seen him before. But I hope we see more of him in things that are good because I was that's my big takeaway from this movie is that he was great. Yeah. I agree. 
Um, let's let, let, let's let's rate it. Um, so, Dylan, I'll give you the natural cons- the comparison here would be Bloodshot. Um, we gave what I give Bloodshot. You gave Bloodshot a four. I gave it a two point five. Um, the lowest movie that you've rated um, last year was Bloodshot at a four. Um, in 2019, you gave Hellboy a two five. Ugh. You gave Dark Phoenix a three, and the kitchen and the kitchen a four. I'm gonna give Snake Eyes a five. Whoa! It's better than those. It's perfectly watchable while you're doing your dishes at home for free. Um, it's one of those movies, you know. Right. Um, are those can, other ones, the kitchen, the kitchen, and Hellboy aren't. You will be mad that you spent time, even partially, looking at it. You know, but I don't feel that way with this one. I feel like you're like, eh, whatever. You know. Um, so that's why I give it a five. I'm gonna Middle give it a road. three, which is half a point better than I gave Bloodshot, which I gave two point five. It's significantly better than Bloodshot. I don't remember don't think? Bloodshot. No, no, I think I think. But my my barometer is, would I watch it again? And the answer is no to either of them. But if I had to watch one, I guess I would pick Snake Eyes. Although, if if I had to do it tomorrow, I'd pick Bloodshot because I just watched Snake Eyes and I don't want to watch it again. I think I would watch Bloodshot again because it was more like so bad you can laugh at it more than this one. You know. This one wasn't even such a train wreck that it was funny. It was just like dull, you know, right? Which is the worst kind of bad for me. Um, we don't have any. It's not. It wasn't part of the power ranking, so it's not. I was. I was gonna say let's pre-rank uh, Green Knight, but let's not because uh, it wasn't part of the power <laughs> rankings last year. So, um, anyway. plus we already know it would be ten out of ten. Yeah, ten out of ten. It'll be a twenty-four out of ten. Gen mint. Yeah. I mean, easily. But anyway, so did you like Snake Eyes? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Um, but I, I just don't ever want to see it again. But anyway, um, let's get into the news. Dylan, what's That's my cue. News, news, news. News. Okay, so my news is not in order. It's a little bit all over the place, but that's okay. Excellent. I, like um, I have a lot of articles, so I'm going to go through it pretty quickly. Okay. Um, I'll talk. I'll elaborate on the ones that I care about. Same with you, Michael. Chime in if you yep. want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, we got a Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. For me, there was nothing new here, but they did tease the original cast at the end. Right. Okay. So I'm confused because I've seen a couple people um, say that they thought that this trailer was particularly good, and I don't think it was particularly bad. But I think it was just the same trailer that we've seen before, just a little bit longer. Yeah, it seemed very similar. It gave like the big like, action set piece is them driving around the town. I didn't get anything. I mean, this doesn't make me more or less excited for the Ghostbusters movie. I think if this wasn't skinned as Ghostbusters, I would be mad on it still. It's like the same thing. Right, you know? right. And I think we've said before, though, that like we're also not that high on the franchise as a, like, or the originals, I should say, at the, at the very least. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I also don't think the remake was amazing either but i don't think it was nearly the pile of garbage that people seem to think it was it seems like i don't know like why don't they just this isn't what i want to see but why don't they just bring the old cast back and make another movie i don't understand because bill murray won't do it he's in this one and he was in the 
Is he wasn't in he one? in the yeah, female yeah. Ghostbusters? Um, yes, they're yeah, all back. Oh, yeah, he was. I don't they're know. all back. Like, well, they, like yeah. they, we did, we did female Ghostbusters. Now we're doing teen Ghostbusters. You know, like we did this with Star fun. Wars, where there were cameos right. in it too. Like, why don't yeah. they just do the thing again? That's what people want to see, right? Just old Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, just do it again. I mean, just just pay them, right? I mean, I'm sure Dan Aykroyd will do it for cheap. But I mean, Bill Murray's like indie darling, or was at one point. You know, maybe. Yeah, but he, even he, I feel like, does like Zombie Land and like. I feel like you could throw enough money at him where he would do it, you know? Of course. Like, I don't understand this, like, maybe capitalize on the IP but don't actually go all the way thing. Maybe their metric for determining what, you know, to do, the, maybe they don't anticipate that it would bring in all that much money. Because really, would it? Because who's going to go know. see it? The people, they're going to go see it regardless. Like, I wouldn't go see this movie if it wasn't for the podcast. You know, like, and, and really, we're not even bound to at this point because it's on the canceled power rankings from 2020. You know, I mean, I, w- I will, you know, but I have no interest in seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife normally. My, my apathy for this makes it so that if it was what I was pitching, the old cast, it would be the exact same level of excitement, you know? Right. Like, I would still just be like, oh, okay, that's what right. that is. The thing that would get me excited about Ghostbusters would be something completely different and exciting. Like, oh, whoa, they're going to make it scary. You know? Yeah. If it had a different tone, that'd be cool. Right. Like, you know, make it like a horror comedy. Make it like if Blumhouse did it. You know, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Something different. Not this. I don't know. To me, to me, the female Ghostbusters one was more different looking than this one is. You know? Like, it had a stronger vision and like it had like a separate identity more so than this one does which is kind of leaning on at least going by the trailers yes which this one seems like it's leaning on the 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 legacy of the first ones you know right i don't know no i completely agree with you okay i'm very excited about this next one we have some black panther uh wakanda forever news um an actress i really enjoy she's from chewing gum which is a criminally underrated, canceled too soon, only two seasons. Uh, it was a BBC show, and then I, I believe, and then it was British. And then I moved over to Netflix. It's called uh, Chewing Gum, and she was also in Black Mirror. You might know her from that. She was also uh, a random extra in Star Wars. Um, her name, and she was in I May Destroy You on HBO, which just came out last year. It's like a fantastic miniseries. She got all the Emmy noms. Uh, her name is Michaela Cole. Okay. Um, we don't know who she's playing, so there's nothing to speculate on for the movie. Um, I would love it if she was Storm, but I don't know if they're going to go that route. I kind of feel like they would say she's Storm, like because that would be like a break the internet moment kind of thing, you know? Sure. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but um, she's in the movie. I'm very excited about that. She's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to Black Panther too. I really hope. Uh... And I know they've got their hands full with, you know, what to do with the plot, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, we also got a brand new Dune trailer. Yes. I did not make it to the IMAX event to watch it because it was during the live sale, but um, I saw it online. What did you think, Michael? Oh, I love it. I mean, I will also say, um, in full transparency, I think it it did it wasn't it didn't give me much more than the the last one did 
uh, it, it just it's a little bit longer same tone and vibe but it, it had more accent i thought it did it did the tone and vibe is awesome though this looks fantastic and i'm so into it yeah well there's nothing to critique here i feel like no go watch everything looks perfect it's great isn't it weird isn't it like a weird feeling to have where like the fandom of a book thing sees a trailer and like that actually looks really good you know <laughs> right like, there's no like universal hate for it i don't know i just feel like that never happens anymore i know like there's always something to pick apart like well i hate that they cast this guy or something you know i i think your your dune your dune heads i think their only real casting critique is um jason momoa is what i've seen mm-hmm. on the subreddits but like yeah because he's playing that's not a, a very big role no spoiler alert well i mean in further books uh he if they get there role. right but i mean but then i i can't expect that they would um i don't think denny villeneuve is going to become the dune guy for the rest of his life you know i know he's planning on this to be two movies so i really hope it gets at least one more you know but it is premiering on hbo max so i don't know we'll see yeah i don't know how that works like with so t- some of the stuff that we see in here looks like it could be towards the back end of the book. right yeah i was thinking the same thing so i i don't know i don't know what i don't know what we're doing i don't know i have no idea so but it's along for the ride yes um let's see so the hawkeye show if you weren't excited for it which you should be because we have Haley steinfeld as kate bishop and now yelena belova in it yes um, apparently, this is in the rumor territory, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, who played Kingpin in the Daredevil slash Netflix stuff, is going to be in the Hawkeye show. It was rumored, and it was posted about, circulated everywhere, and then he liked a few uh, yeah, right. headlines of it on Twitter, which could mean anything, but uh, people are taking it as fact. Yes, it could mean nothing, but if I had to bet, I would say it's true based on how many news outlets reported it, but it is by no means confirmed. But I would love to see this. I think that is one of the things you should fold in from the Netflix verse, you know? One of the best parts of it that you should... Like Matt Murdock, Kingpin, Jessica Jones. And you can kind of stop there, I feel like. I like Luke Cage a lot, but it's not he's not as like critically acclaimed and beloved as the others. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but Fisk... I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is like to me the absolute standout um, of yeah. the, of, the, of Daredevil. I think just uh, Netflix, Marvel, uh, you know the, that whole landscape. I think you have D'Onofrio as you know a Kingpin, and then David Tennant as Purple Man. Um, yeah, that's true. But that one I feel like kind of wrapped up. It did. It did. But like, so we don't need to see him back. I'd like to see exactly. Jones back. I'd like to see Kristen Ritter back. Um, I I think you could recast Daredevil just fine. Like I mean, I love. I I'm sorry. I liked him as Daredevil, but like, hot take. I don't think he's essential to that role. He's not, but it would it. It'd be nice. It would be nice. Bringing the actor brings like that quality. You know what I mean? No, like I, that I, world. I, so, yeah. right. Yeah, and seeing as like they're soft canceling uh agents of shield continuity right that's what people say but it will be canon in my heart forever um i think we're past the part the time when people are like oh well this actor played this person in this movie so 
it wouldn't make any sense if they were doing that in this. Like, they, you had J. Jonah Jameson. Um, oh, my gosh. What's the actor's name? Uh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. He he reprised his role in the, you know, the Tom Holland movies. And no one was like, but he was in blah, blah, blah. Like, it's fine. Like, even if you're not folding in the continuity, you could still just have the actors. Because who are you going to recast, you know? Right. Who's going to play Kingpin? It's just going to be compared to him. It's not going to be as good. It's a losing battle. Um, Okay. DC is up to their shenanigans again, but I'm excited for this project. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is developing slash producing a Val Zod movie. Um, I think it's this project. It could be a movie or show, but I think it's a movie for HBO Max. Um, and he, it's open for him to take on the lead role. Valzad is Earth 2 Superman, for those who don't know. Um, he's black, so that's cool. Um, DC seems like they're diversifying. We got a couple more headlines with that, too. But part of me wonders, like, I'm glad that, of course, that all this is happening, you know? But, like, I wonder if Ray Fisher really did do something with, like, calling them racist and stuff, you know? Like, pointing out their racist, racist tendencies. Walter Hamada and Joss right. Whedon and all right, that. Right. Like, all these projects are being announced after he did that. So that's, I don't know. That's true. You never know. But um, there is a separate. This is not to be confused with a separate movie by Janessi Coates. Um, for it's like a theatrical movie, and that one is also a Superman who's black, but it is it is Kal El, a different version of Kal El, and then this one is Valzad, who is not at all Kal El. So it's two separate projects. I would bet all my money that both of them won't happen. But uh, I really hope that one of them or both happens, you know? I think absolutely. if if one will, I think it might be this Michael B. Jordan one and not the the Kal-El movie. But I I agree. That sounds more likely to me anyway. But it's DC. So who knows what they'll do, you know? They don't do what should be done. (laughs) Right. Uh, there's a Blade Runner anime happen happening. It's a CGI animated uh, TV show. It is with Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. It is called Blade Runner Black Lotus, and it focuses on L, who is a um, replicant that, and it takes place during in between the original Blade Runner and 2049. I don't know. There's not much uh, like plot details in the trailer, but the Just, trailer is awesome. I think the trailer looks really good. It does look good. I'll watch it. I will definitely watch it. I'm super into it. I think it looks really, really good. It'd have to be bad for me to not want to like, because I love the universe of Blade Runner, you know? Right. So it would have to be pretty bad for me to be like, that looks unwatchable, you know? Um, but this, there's no date, but this is expected to premiere in the fall on both Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. And uh, it's, she's voiced by Jessica Henwick, who played... Colleen Wing in Iron Fist. I like that actress oh. a lot. Um, yeah, and she's cool. also in Star Wars and she's also in the upcoming Matrix. She was in Underwater. Uh, oh. I'll just read her IMDb. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, box office wise, I'm not going to go through the numbers, but um, Snake Eyes opened at number two, Old opened at number one, and they both had abysmal numbers, like pretty bad in the teens when like a movie like this should be opening at 100 or something. Right. Um, People are wondering if it's the Delta variant, but it looks like there's, of course, been a billion studies on this, and it looks like it's not the Delta variant that's causing this. It's a lackluster selection of movies paired with 
the short theatrical window that they now have. Like I think it's 17 days for some of them, you know, yeah, and, uh, or, you know, simultaneously released or um, they said that most people who are going to the movies were like the avid moviegoers before who were ready to go back. But the people who really drive movie sales are the ones who see three movies a year, you know, and they're not going at all. Apparently like not at all. They haven't come back yet. Like the avid moviegoers have. So it's not enough to keep it afloat. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, that's why you're seeing things like Black Widow with a fantastic opening weekend and then it kind of dropping off because everyone, all the avid moviegoers went and saw it and then that's it. Right. Like normally we would go see it with the avid moviegoers and then we'd tell our friends and then like, you know, Joe who goes three times a year then would go off of our word and go see it. But that's just not happening. So right. it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, it's definitely a multifaceted sort of like a, you know, issue in that, you know, like you were saying, it is, it's a quality thing, too, because Black Widow, at the very least, has a perceived quality, right? Uh, Snake Eyes does not. Um, mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan doesn't have the same cachet that he used to. He's not a, he, you know, he's not, he's not the draw that he used to be. Um because there was a time when you could just slap his name on a poster and it's selling, you know, lots of tickets. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, I think a lot of people just aren't aren't ready to go back to the theater. Like, because like you said, the release windows are just getting so short. And if I could just wait three weeks, I could just watch it at home and I have a nice sound bar and a nice TV and a couch and nobody's talking and Yep. I think people are spoiled a little spoiled a little bit too with the HBO deal, which proved to be a bad business decision, but is working out very well for you know, people who don't want to go to the movies. Right. Because you can see things like Dune at home. So I think I don't know, we've gone through like a year and a half of exclusively watching things at home. So I think some people who don't like really value the theater experience aren't right. like, oh I'm fine without it actually. What would it take, Dylan, to get you to be on board of not needing the theater anymore? Like, how much would the process, or how much would the at-home experience need to improve? Would you need, like, projection? Or is it more like being in a different environment? I don't think anything at home would change it, because I already have, like, a fantastic TV and sound system and everything and lights. And I don't know. It's like going with a group, going to a different area, the, it's just like the experience you know i agree i think maybe if i wasn't if i didn't have like a built-in love for that i probably wouldn't but it's not special to you know watch like who's talking about gunpowder milkshake you know that came out on netflix last week right. you know what i mean but if we had gone to the theater and seen it we would be probably raving about it right now but it's apparently really good and none of us watched it you know what i'm saying right. like and also movies come out every day on streaming so there's just like up oh, next one like if you don't have like a huge splash then like it's just like oh whatever that movie came out remember that you know yeah right it's well, just yeah, not the can. same to me i think i agree like the like to answer your question would be the inverse like how bad do theaters have to get to make oh, me want to go home i think that's more likely because i don't know like I'm seeing yeah. a decline in theater quality a little bit that I don't right. like. I'm hoping that this whole thing like gives them a push to step up and be so, um, fantastic. The sound, is, the sound is fine. 
don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, but you know, if I could, if I could comfortably have twelve people over to watch a movie, you know, if I had two for that, you know, like if you know, so Ron and I, I don't think you came to that. Ron and I went to go right before twenty forty nine came out. Went over to Mike's house, general manager Mike. Uh, I was there. Oh, you are. You know, he's got yeah. a little theater room. Like, if you had something like that, but like a little bit bigger that could seat twelve, you know, like, like if if I had if I had a room that was theater only, you know what I mean? I didn't go in really unless I'm watching a movie. I think I would. I could easily, you know, just bail on it. it as, you know, I because then you could have people over. You can you could replicate the experience. You know, you can. I guess. I don't know. There's something about going somewhere, seeing it with strangers, like going somewhere else. And I like seeing it with strangers too, like audience reactions and stuff. Like that's true. It's the same thing as like why do you go to why do you go to a concert when you can just listen to the CD, listen to it. Like I don't know, seeing Black Widow with like 300 people was like more of a thing. Hearing people clap at the Marvel logo and right. Yeah, I don't know. It's just more of a event. I I I could I could see a middle ground with what you're saying, like shifting things like green knight to home and going to black widow in the theaters i could see that shout out uk uh, i don't know if you saw that uk pulled green knight from theaters. why um because they're closing oh okay well and then they had to remove all the posters and stuff so like yeah it's being pulled i just that news just came out for those this is unrelated but for those like still every day being like where's the far from home trailer uh I feel like they might be waiting on this Delta stuff to, because it's supposed to come out in December or November, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't put a trailer out right now saying the movie's coming out then. Heck no. You know? So, I don't know. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Next news. Um, <laughs> right. So, Peacemaker got a release date. I don't know why we do this with TV shows now, but it's coming out in January. I can't remember the exact date, but three episodes are premiering on um hbo max this is the suicide squad spinoff starring john cena but it is uh, premiering in january 2022 uh, january wow. 16th I, I think but um i don't know okay. i'm excited i'm very excited for suicide squad and first reactions came out today and uh a bunch of like creators that you know air quote creators content creators on t- tiktok and youtube and stuff <laughs> saw favorite, it your favorite tiktokers liked it Listen, that's where movie reviewing is going, okay? If it's not a 15-second movie review, it's, does, it's does no good. Does Duckman have a TikTok? He stopped reviewing movies. He's a filmmaker now. You what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay. I've, I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. Okay. Um, the, it seems positive. So, uh, yeah, look out for that in January. Okay. Um, there's a trailer for the Army of Thieves movie, which is a prequel to Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's movie. This is produced by Zack Snyder, not directed. It is based on a side character who, spoiler, died in that movie. And then this is like pre-zombie apocalypse of a side character. It makes no sense to me, this movie. Who's into that? Like, Who greenlit this? Who said, how badly did they want Zack Snyder to come over to Netflix that they were like, "Uh, sure, you can do this one too, I guess, you know? Like, yeah, right? Okay. I don't know. Whatever. It's like if they did a Rick Grimes spinoff, but it was a prequel when he was just a cop. Right. You know, it's like, uh, I guess. 
<laughs> that's what Where's you want. The zombies? Yeah, there's, there's no zombies. It's pretty bad. Um, oh, weird. Whatever. Okay, speaking of DC not knowing what to do with themselves, uh, Matt Ryan plays Constantine in the Legends of Tomorrow TV show. He also played Constantine in the Constantine TV show. Yes. And then they brought him over to this. But um, DC thinks having two Constantines will be way too confusing for audiences because they're going to do something with him on HBO, Dark, Justice League Dark, whatever. So they are rewriting Matt Ryan's character to just be a completely different character on that show. So he's not, the actor will still be there as a series regular, but he'll be playing someone else who's not John Constantine. I just feel like that's real, it's weird, right? Right. I guess it's nice that he's not getting fired, but like, that makes no sense to me. It's fine. You know, there's a Flash TV show and the Flash and just like no one, I don't know, people can handle it, right? Yes. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like, um, <laughs> you, you said you were talking about that earlier, you know, like, it is nice to have the continuity a little bit, but you know, it's people are but that's dc's like thing is no continuity they say that right. all the time but it's that's creator exactly based said about jay jonah right you're like or jk simmons you're like it's fun to just see someone on there and without having any strings attached and you also were saying that people could easily you could oh but he couldn't play so-and-so because he played so-and-so in this thing who cares you can it's literally not that big a deal right yeah are you, like people? Are, is anyone mad that Gemma Chan is playing an Eternal and she was also Minerva and Captain Marvel? I'm furious. Like, no, yeah, no one cares. It's fine. But that's what I mean with DC. They're all about like we will have no connectivity because that is a hindrance. We will tell each story on its own because that is what art demands. But then they're like, oh, but we can't have two Constantines. You know, like right. that doesn't that just flies in the face of what your whole philosophy is. I don't like it. It's Black bad. I'm mad for the Constantine no fans. Limits, Dylan. Black Label's no limits, except for the first issue. Except for the limits that we have set. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but go on. I haven't seen Handball Rising, but an actor from it, It's not. his great. name is, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Gaspard Uliel. I don't know. Okay. I might have said that wrong. But um, he is playing Midnight Man, who is an antagonist in the Moon Knight universe. Um, okay. He's a, you know, he, he knows Bushman. Uh, I don't he really gets know him, man. He's an old villain, like okay. classic Midnight. Oh. Um, he gets in a fight with Moon Knight and gets disfigured, I think, and now he's out to get him for of revenge. Course. But he's dead, and he's been dead for a long time. So, um, yay to the Midnight Man fans. Um, <laughs> They're out there. Pokemon is making a movie. No, a TV show. Netflix is making a Pokemon TV show uh, from the Lucifer showrunner. Oh. Uh, there's nothing else to go on. Um, okay, I have no faith still, in this, so. That's, that's, I have no, is that going to come out? Oh, this is live action. I should have said that. Live action Pokemon by the Lucifer showrunner? I don't know, man. That's, I mean, again, that's very little to go on because people can showrun different things. But yeah, I, I I'd be surprised if the live action Pokemon actually came out anytime soon. I don't. And also, in development is a very nebulous term. It it can it, also mean that you know there someone someone sent in a treatment. You know what I mean? There's no script, and you know. It means people have been gathered to try and make something work, and if they do, we'll see right. and actually the film it. Their labor. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't know, it'd be pretty major. It's something where I always wonder, like, why haven't they done that before, you know? Right. I'm like, don't you just, like, aren't you just counting the days for Hollywood to catch on to anime? Like, when are they going to realize, like, what kind of old suits are, like, no one will watch an anime movie. Like, how many Demon Slayers have to, like, rule the box office to, for them to be, like... Right. It's weird, because they have their shameless... They will shamelessly exploit something, you know? But, like... Right. Why isn't there a Naruto movie? I don't understand. People would at least go out of morbid curiosity, I would think. I don't know. Right. Or a Dragon Ball Z movie, a new one, just because... Maybe it's, like, the Electra effect and Cat and Catwoman, where, like, oh, well, we tried female-led movies and they didn't do well maybe it's like that but demons we tried dragon ball so well like i feel like they could do dragon ball again yeah i don't know i don't get it i feel like if you just put you know the the team that's making super you know dragon ball super and made they made a movie and release it theatrically it would do gangbuster money well that too but i mean Live action adaptations like why aren't they doing that action i'm sorry um yeah i don't know it's just there's that is the thing where there's just a stereotype that all live action anime is bad. There's been a well, lot. There's of like barely movies. any to go on. I mean, there's a decent amount. You have what um, Attack on Titan. I mean, not in English, I guess. But uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like big U.S. Note. studio tentpole movies, like Death Note was bad. They did Detective Pikachu, which I don't really count. Um, that was good though. I mean, relatively. Yeah, but like they did Dragon Ball and then they did that Netflix Death Note, which I don't think was a real try either, you know? Right. Like I feel like you need to tackle Dragon Ball or Naruto or one of the big ones to really get a good read oh, on yeah. it. And like, and put some like real talent behind it and cast Asian <laughs> leads and like, I don't know. I feel like... I just believe it, you know? Just believe. Believe it. Yeah, right. exactly. Oh, oh my gosh. Shout right. out to Pepper. Yeah. Um, what else you got, Dylan? Speaking of anime, there's a Witcher uh, anime movie coming out. It's a prequel based on the guy that trained Henry Cavill. Okay. <laughs> it's called The Nightmare of the Wolf. I thought the animation looked nice, but uh, it did. But the story did. Uh, the trailer did nothing for me. I was kind of bored, honestly. Yeah. It looked. It like, comes out August 23rd. It comes out pretty soon. I mean, if you're really into the Witcher universe, you. I mean, you probably already know about it. You're probably already hyped. Um. I'm more looking forward to season two of the live action. Agreed. And this is a prequel. Sorry. Has that tinge to it? Um, uh, there's an animated Injustice movie. We got our first still from it. It is from the animation studio that brought you Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge. Um, so it's got this weird blocky uh, look to everyone with like heavy shadows. Um, so it's, if that's your thing, then maybe you'll like this. I like the Injustice game a lot. I think it's like ripe for an adaptation, you know? Um, right. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the, an, of the style of animation, but I'm excited for it. Um, there's a trailer for it that, or like some little footage that came out with the Batman Long Halloween Part 2 that released yesterday, but I don't know. I'll watch it. Um, I might if we are going to review it. Okay. Um, okay. Last thing is some more DC casting. Uh, the Batgirl movie is still happening. It's no longer Joss Whedon. Um, and it is an HBO Max movie. Why? I don't know. I don't understand. But um, they have cast Barbara Gordon. Her name is Leslie Grace. She was in In the Heights. She is a Dominican actress. Um, okay. 
So of course people are mad that she's not she's not white. How dare you? Uh, how dare you? Everyone's a Barbara Gordon fan now. I am an actual Barbara Gordon fan and f- fan, and I am uh, very excited about this. I think I don't know, like there's vibes that you get from actors, you know, about whether or not they could play the character. A character and is more like, than their ethnicity, right? Like, no, that's all they are. That, okay, so like an example where I disagree with what I just said is like uh, in the Max Payne movie, um, which is obviously, you know, who cares? But um, in the video game, there was a detective, Jim Bravura, who was the old man, grizzled, you know, type of t- detective. Okay. Play, played in the movie by Ludacris. Which you know that's a completely different character at that point uh a different vibe completely different vibe but like you know that is that is an acceptable reason to complain not just because this person is dominican get out of here it's like heritage and like ethnicity matter for some characters a select few like black panther right and shang chi and like because they have like a, like I said, a heritage and a culture. But if you're white and American, like you don't have a culture. There's no, there's nothing to step on if you're race bending. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so you're not like erasing a essential part of the character almost ever. There's probably a few white characters where that could be the case. Like maybe John Walker or something like that, where that's like a part of the character. But right. Um, the vast majority, it doesn't matter to me, you know? Like, and Parker, great example. Could be yeah. I've, I've seen some people say they wouldn't agree with that for Batman, which is an interesting take because, like, being rich and privileged is part of his story. But, like, I feel like he could be black and rich and privileged, you know? Absolutely. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, not it depends to, on what kind of take you're doing with the movie. You know, not to just pull from you know other superhero movies, but you're telling me Michael B. Jordan wouldn't be an amazing Batman? Get out of here! Like, it's true. He'd be the good Batman and Bruce. The you know the dreaded you know he gets them both. Yeah, and anyone who says Superman can't be black is he's an alien. Like, get out of here. <laughs> You're, you're, There's literally nothing to rest on with, with that other than then then you have a problem with it personally. Bigotry, I guess, yeah. Right. But anyway, she has Barbara Gordon vibes. She played like a college student in the Heights and I'm very happy with this casting. And now uh, Supergirl and Batgirl are both Latina. I think that's interesting. That's cool. Because we've gone from great. literally no, I think there's like Diablo and Suicide Squad but like zero Hispanic superheroes. <laughs> Literally. It's not good. <laughs> like, I think that might be it. There's In Marvel and DC, anyway. Um, so now, like, we're starting to see some more. So it's exciting. Yeah. Something made the executives want to tap into that movie market. I mean... We're gonna, I saw we're gonna one... See- I don't want to, like, comment on this take at all, but I saw one, like... It was some film executive on Twitter, and they said that Fast and the Furious did more for movie diversity than twi- like everything combined on Twitter ever has. I just thought okay. that was an interesting take because like I guess money does talk when it's like a very diverse franchise. Sad. It's sad if true, you know. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. But it might be true. But it's, I mean, probably is true, honestly. Uh, because of, you know, where the money's coming from and who can, you know, who gets to make the final decisions, right? Like, they're not on, they're not on Twitter. I don't care. Yeah. But anyway. Um, Michael's my, news. My news? Okay, so um, let's do the wrestling news first. There's th- I got three wrestling news stories. Uh, one that's relevant to Dylan. Uh, one that oh, I'm no. just curious if you've heard of these people. Okay, okay, so we'll do this one. Um, the big, huge wrestling news. Um, this one, I'm curious to see if you know these people, Dylan. Do you know CM Punk? Yes, he wrote the Drax comic book. Oh my god, that's right. Yes, he did. Um, but he's I know what he looks like. Okay, um, yeah. do you know Daniel Bryan? I don't. Okay, I, I can't imagine that you would. Wait, is it Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson? Well, okay. So Brian Danielson is the man's real name and his indie name. And then he went to WWE and he was Daniel Bryan because they, they want you to perform under a name that you know or that, that they own. Interesting. Um, right. Uh, although CM Punk owns his name. Um, and the CM stands for Chick Magnet, if you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's really – he loses a lot of luster on that. But either way, uh, the big, huge rumors have exploded. Apparently, they have both signed with AEW. Uh, which is massive, massive. This is like um, Daniel Bryan. Uh, I can give you a story, Dylan. Like, so wrestling is booked and written ahead of time, right? They know they have a plan. Like, okay, uh, Dylan, you're going to win this championship here in January, uh, and then you're going to lose it to John Cena in uh, April. You know, whatever. You know, they've, it's a story, right? It's like TV, right? Um, so Daniel Bryan was very popular. He had very popular on the internet, blah, blah, blah. And WWE has a habit of ignoring fan requests and wants and stuff. And they got to the point that the chants for Daniel Bryan were so loud, you could, you literally could not ignore them. And he ended up getting the world championship because he was so popular with everybody. And it was not part of the, the plan at all. They ended up having to redo all their booking strategies. So he was very popular, blah, blah. Interesting. Right? But so looks like um they are both uh cm punk has not wrestled in years um and daniel bryan uh his contract lapsed i think in april and did not renew and so that's very exciting huge get um that's a big get for uh aew if that is indeed the case and that will bring in some lapsed fans for sure um so that's very exciting um other Big AEW news is San Antonio's Thunder Rosa, the Mexican-American professional wrestler, has officially signed with AEW, and she is great. Love Thunder Rosa. She's been on their TV show a bunch, but now she's officially signed. Uh, love Thunder Rosa. Um, but the, 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 the news relevant to Dylan. So, um, Zack Ryder. Will it be a na- I assume it's a name you don't know. No. It was his WWE name. Um, when he got released, uh, he uses Matt Cardona. Um, he is a body guy in to use wrestling language. Like he's, you know, he looks really good. Uh, you know, he's huge muscles, white teeth, you know, looks like a, he's a body guy, you know, he's he's a long time in the gym. Um, not known for, you know, serious wrestling, right. Or, or anything other than looking good. So he's been trying to make it on the indies. So he's been feuding, um, on Twitter and at various things with Nick Gage. Yeah, which is totally disparate energies, right? Like Nick Gage, not a body guy, 
death matches, light tubes, pizza cutters, right? Versus, you know, this dude. Um, Matt Cardona hosts a podcast on uh, hosts a podcast on wrestling figures and collecting toys and you know whatever. So, but they've they've been building this feud for months that you know they're finally going to have a match, and it happened on Saturday for Nick Gage's world title, and Matt Cardona won, and it was I have never seen uh, other than the one time that uh, one other time a reaction like this. Uh, the they showered the ring with bottles and drinks and food and trash. People were so mad, and it's great, and I love it. Um, and he's so over. It's funny as being a, such a heel. Everybody hates him. He's not doing anything wrong. He's not even doing like traditional wrestling heel stuff. But uh, so yeah, Nick Gage uh, lost the GCW World Heavyweight Championship to Matt Cardona in a very violent death match. Um, I did, I got, got to see it Saturday night. Um, it's very hard to watch, um, but you know, good for Matt Cardona. Cause he's never done matches like that before. And if anything lets you know that he's serious about like the industry, it's not just into, he's not a fitness model that became a wrestler, which happens a lot with a lot of bodybuilders, you know, he, he wrestled Nick age. All right. So he's about it. Leave him alone. But why are people mad? Because he's not part of the club. He's an outsider. You know, he's not a he's not a deathmatch guy. He's not an indie guy. He he started in WWE. He didn't like get famous on the indies and work his way up. He basically didn't have a name for himself until he was in WWE because he got hired as a good looking body guy. Um so he's not It's fake though. Who cares? Well, yeah, right, right. But so I'm just giving the mentality like it's like I'm trying to empathize. So, uh, I mean, I don't agree with that line of thinking at all. Um, like people hate a lot of people hate Brock Lesnar. I also don't like Brock Lesnar, but for different reasons. But a lot of people don't like Brock Lesnar because he is also a body guy, but for different different type of body guy, just huge, massive, scary man um, who doesn't really like wrestling, um, has quit a couple of times and has gone to do MMA and he seems to have it open, just not into it. But, you know, uh, a lot of people don't like him. Kids really like Brock Lesnar. Um, kids love big muscle muscle dudes, seems to be. So a lot of the people that are popular with kids don't get popular with adults, like John Cena. Until but this guy, Matt, Matt Cardona, was he good? Did he do well? He perform well? Yeah, or? Yeah, he did. He was a good performer. Um, he, you know, he's fine. Yeah, he is. But that's the thing is like you get a lot of fine performers who, um, you know, wrestling's real weird, man. Like uh, wrestling fans, it's like any fandoms, really. Um, you have the the bad parts of it who are gatekeeping and, you know, oh, you're not a real wrestling fan. You've never you only watch WWE. You're not a real wrestling fan. You're not a real wrestler. You got famous mm-hmm. on SmackDown. It's like every fandom. It, it's yeah, it is. Um, but in in you know, in wrestling, it's different because wrestling is such a uniquely weird thing because it's most, you can most likely equate it to like a play, like a, cause it's, it's performers performing live in front of an audience, Yeah, but it's serialized and it's simulated sports that used to present itself as try to actively lie and f- make you think it was, you know, a competition, you know, wrestling is just so strange. Um, 
but anyway, I love it. So that's 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 the that's the wrestling news. Go interesting. If you want to go see the reaction, uh, the, to give you an example, Dylan, the only other time I've seen this amount of junk thrown in the ring, um, is that uh, when Hulk Hogan turned into turned bad guy for the first time. Like it was that that that's the level. Like Hulk Hogan is a name you know, and forever a good guy, and then becomes a bad guy in this one thing, and people are just like bottles and bottles and bottles except here he's covered in blood and open wounds and they're throwing beer on him so i'm sure that was great you know real classy you got a real i don't get it yeah i imagine imagine just throwing something at a real person you know yeah why is that appropriate it, it's not it's not but but that tells you that he's doing his job i guess i mean the, the reaction is inappropriate but he's succeeding so good for him uh, I I like him quite a bit. Um, let's get into the horror news. Um, so let's see. Uh, we'll end with with trailers. Um, okay. Because I have a bunch of trailers. Well, no, I have a I have a few trailers. Um, so first, let's talk about Jordan Peele. Uh, he has released a poster for his new film that I don't think we had a title for right up until the poster came out. We did not. Nope. Um, the title is Nope. <laughs> and starring Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Kiki Palmer, and Stephen Yeun. I think we did know that. We just, I love Kiki Palmer. It was in the un- untitled Jordan Peele film, right? And now it's titled Maybe. Nope. As coming out 7-22-22, I should say. Um, July 2022. Um, the poster is a poster. It's a, a saucer-shaped cloud with like um, hovering over a small town or a carnival maybe, but coming out of the, uh, I'm sure you've all seen the poster, coming out of the cloud is like a string of like festival flags or something. Doesn't give you a lot, but. I mean, I'm, yeah, the poster didn't tell me much, but I mean, the the actors and the director speak for itself, you know? The poster could be anything and I'd be like, sweet, I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm just excited that there's more Jordan Peele stuff. So I'm, I'm in. Um, we got um, big news. Universal and Peacock um, have inked a head-spinning deal for the new uh-huh. Exorcist trilogy starring Leslie Odom Jr. and Ellen Burstyn. Um, so that's exciting. A new Exorcist property. Um, I think that it was pre-Dylan, but um, we reviewed season one of the TV show on here back when it came out, and we really liked the first season. Um, and I'm a big fan. Obviously, they're not all good, but um, it's going to be uh, directed by uh, David Gordon Green, it looks like. Um, and he said The Exorcist has – so it's a, it's also a sequel, not a reboot. Um the Exorcist, he says in, a, in an interview with Games Radar, um, the Exorcist has been written. This is one of my pandemic projects. It's, it's not inaccurate that it will be a sequel to the original film. I like all the Exorcist movies, and not only do I like them, I think they can fall into an acceptable mythology for what I'm doing. I'm not like saying, pretend that Exorcist 2 never happened. That's fine to exist. They're all fine to exist. I enjoy all of them. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, so that's very exciting, because I love Exorcist 3, and that's my favorite of all of them. I love it. 
So very cool uh, that we're going to get this. And Ellen Burstyn is, like I said, coming back um, to reprise her role um, from the original film, which is awesome. Um, we have a, I have a bunch of little pieces of news here. Um, so some Blumhouse stuff. Um, what's his name? Um, David Gordon Green had a... Um, Sorry, Danny McBride, the co-writer of the the new Halloween films, had a mag had an interview, and he talked about um, uh, Halloween Kills and also Halloween Ends. Uh, and he says there's an incredible incredible amount of killing in this movie. It's so bloody, it's wild. David Gordon Green just went for it. This is such a vicious vicious sequel. It's relentless. The sequel is almost always where it bleeps the bed, or the monster is overexplained. Or something happens in a way to make it into a joke. We really want to find it a way, find a way to sidestep that. Uh, and then he says, um, David Gordon Green said, "I get engaged by doing something different. If it's just something, if it's just going to be repetitive, I would hand the reins off to someone else. When you have the opportunity within an established franchise, I think it's really fun to think about how you can show different tones and perspectives and evolve." Um, and he says that um, Halloween ends is going to be a little bit more of a contained story. So, whereas this too is going to be more blown out and big and killing lots of people. And um, Halloween Kills comes out this October and Halloween Ends comes out next October. So, very excited about that. Um, yep. Yes. Um, Jason Blum had a big interview where he uh, dropped a little bit of information um, about the Paranormal Activity remake, which I didn't realize was happening. Um, Do we need that? Hmm? Do we need that? Well, no, but if it's Blumhouse, I'll take it. Um, I really like the first one and the second one. Um, but he confirms that it's happening um, and the movie is done. Um, Blum confirms the movie has been directed by Will Eubank, from, who did Underwater, and penned by Christopher Landon of Happy Death Day and Freaky. Um, and he said, uh, yeah, it's done and it's going to be coming out by the end of the year on Paramount+. Plus. So well, it's a promising, promising creatives there. Right. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> there's some Dune news, Dylan. Uh, Dune is going to premiere at the Venice Film Festival on September the 1st. So, so it's Kino is what I'm yes, hearing. Yes, it's Kino. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's, a, it's in the competition for all sorts of you know, movies that I've never heard of with directors whose names I can't pronounce. So that's got to be good. And also, um, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho is is premiering there as well, as well as Halloween Kills. So very, very exciting. Um, Hope it wins. <laughs> me too. Um, and also the last bit of news before we get into trailers is uh, Titan, the movie I've been talking about for a couple of weeks from uh, Julia de Corneau. Um, the French movie that is described as uh, an extreme fantasy drama that blends body horror, female revenge films, and the Fast and the Furious uh, is uh, released by Neon and it's coming out October 1st. I just found out what the premise is for this movie. Oh, did you? I saw it in a headline. It was the same article, the same story, but a different headline. Oh, okay. Um, it's a minor spoiler, but it's like the premise. It's uh, It was like movie about a woman who has sex with car and gets pregnant yes. wins 
And I was like, what? And I was like, I thought Michael said that other movie won. And I was like, oh, that is that movie. Yep. But you wouldn't know that from the trailer. No, you wouldn't. Um, but it's about a woman impregnated by a car. So uh, I don't know anything else. I mean, I know the trailer looks fantastic and I'm super into it. So um, it's the year of weird movies. It, it is. So let's do it. Um, all right. Let's, let's get to the trailers. Um, so Chucky TV series. I know we just had a teaser last week, but we got a full trailer um, for the sci-fi original show. I think it was it sci-fi or is it Hulu? It is USA. USA. All right, cool. I'm tripping. Um, I thought the trailer looked pretty good, actually. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the franchise, but I, I really liked this trailer a lot. Yeah, I don't care about Chucky either. I didn't see the most recent one with Opry Plaza. I thought you did see that one and liked it. I didn't see it, no. Oh. Um, but I will watch this. It looks good. Yeah, I think it looks really good. Um, I I will definitely watch this, and we could probably talk about this on the show. I don't. When, do you know when it comes out, Dylan? I don't have that on here. Um, but I'm happy to see Brad Dourif coming back to voice uh, Chucky. I really like Brad Dourif a lot. Um, it comes out October twelfth. Oh man! All right, a lot of stuff coming out. October is gonna be wild. We got Dune. Yep. Is Dune October? I thought I got. I thought it was December. It's October. Yeah. It moves wow. around every week. Yeah, apparently. Um, so we also got a trailer for uh, Dexter, uh, the revival series. Trailer came out, and so Dylan, remind me: Have you are you a fan of Dexter previously? I watched it. Um, I didn't love it, you know, but certain scenes were hit or miss. Obviously, it ended on that sour note. I kind of watched the beginning and then skipped a couple in the middle and then watched the end with Roll. So I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a fan. I, I watched all of it twice. I watched it. And you are a fan. I am a fan. I mean, but I can also definitely recognize that some of it was just bad. Um, and the last season was objectively bad, I feel yes, like. Yes, it was. It was bad. Um, I also am going to say this trailer didn't really do anything for me. Right? It's not just me? Okay. No. I, I, I was like, okay. It, it felt like there were, they didn't earn it in any way. It's like, hey, Dexter's back. Like, I don't know. This can't, this really. It didn't seem like something that needed to be like, oh, you just had to get this out. Like, this is your idea. About how right. Dexter comes back is like he's just so there. he's in the town he went to, right? And he's got the itch again. Okay, that's, that's it. Like I'm sure that <sighs> well, I hope there's something more and better there. But this trailer kind of sucked. Um, it was kind of just like a he looks great. Story. He hasn't aged very much at all. Well, yeah, sure. No, I'll, Michael C. Hall is fantastic. He's very, very good. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> But, That's all I have nice to say, though. Yeah, because I don't... This trailer gives you nothing. It looks like it's a trailer for Dexter Season 7 right after the, you know, just pick it up where it left off, which is not what I want. It just looks dull and boring and unnecessary, like that Clarice show that came out. It's like, right. okay, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that came out. Um, there's... A trailer for a new Epics TV series starring Adrian Brody based on a Stephen King short story called Chapel Weight. 
Um, the trailer is red band, so be aware it's pretty very inappropriate. Yeah, very inappropriate. So it's based on the short story Jerusalem's Lot, which is a prequel to the novel Salem's Lot, um, taking place in a different area geographically, but about the same vampires that possess the town of Salem's Lot. Um, and I thought the trailer looked pretty cool. Um, the gore was a lot. Um, but it was. It started off with him cutting his nose. And I was like, ugh. Like he pulls a worm out of his nose and he cuts part of his nose off. And I was like, this right. is this is a lot. Adrian Brody is playing a widowed man who moves his children to his ancestral home where he's in where he is forced to confront the secrets of his family's sordid history. Um, set in the 1850s. Um Guy moves to Maine, of course, West for Stephen King, everything is. Um, he has to confront his family's history, fight uh, to end the darkness that has plagued his family for generations. It's vampires. If you've never read Salem's Lot or seen the okay movie, it's vampires. Um, I, I think it looks okay. I, don't, I mean, I don't know who's ever going to see this because it's on epics. Yeah, it seems so hard to watch, but I thought the quality looked really good and the the visual like scares looked unique and interesting too i don't know that's the thing i guess maybe it's just because stephen king has has got so much to adapt that sometimes his stuff just ends up on places that you can never see it like um mr mercedes is a good example i love that series or i love the novels i should say but what it debuted it debuted on the audience network like what is that (laughs) who has that I, i don't even know what it is um but it was um david e kelly with brendan gleason you know has names on it and it's my and it was the first time holly gibney was a character in stephen king so you know i'm here for it but i've it's now on peacock but i haven't gotten to see it yet um but but it was they did like three seasons on audience like how is that possible Hmm. um last two um shutter i didn't make it don't watch this because it's a non-trailer um you remember that uh documentary that came out on shutter called horror noir about um black horror culture and uh the african-american history with horror films i didn't see it i thought you did okay well either way there was a really great documentary about the history of african-american people uh and horror films and their relationship with horror films it's very interesting very informative it talks about like a lot of like segregation issues and like early film history stuff. Very interesting. Um, well, one year later, they're going to turn it into a docu series. I'm sorry, an anthology film. Excuse me. Um, and it's going to have different. So every episode is a different story written by um, black horror writers, and two are written by Tanana Reeve Du, who is fantastic. She is a really excellent author. So I'm very excited for that. Um, there, and the trailer is just 30 seconds of the titles. So that doesn't really oh, okay. do anything. Other, otherwise, I would have had you watch it. It's like, um, But so there's that. That's coming soon to Shudder. Um, very much looking forward to that. Now, let's talk about my trailer of the week from A24. Numi repeat. Yes. Lamb. So we lamb. saw a lamb. We saw a, tr- a teaser. I want to say a month ago, maybe. Um, and I told you this movie was going to be weird. I believed you. And here we are, 
It's coming out October 8th, 2021. And it's in Icelandic or Norwegian. I'm not sure which one, excuse me. But um, my goodness. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm not spoiling it. It's a trailer. Like the big. Yeah, you can, you can spoil the trailer. It's fine. Because um, you get this trailer and it has, you know, big um, The Witch cinematography and energy, you know? Um, at points. At points, for sure. Right. And you see this, this, this sheep giving birth and then they look kind of like appalled as they pull the thing out. You know, they just look at each other, cut to them nursing the, the lamb, you know, it's in a, it's in a tub with a blanket over it. And it's in a crib with a blanket over it. Like, okay, what's up with this lamb? And then uh, cut to the beach boys only. Uh, I'm sorry. The beach boys song. I don't know why I'm, tripping on the name um but it's a very upbeat and bright song and then you see that's a lamb with a human body the body of a kid seems like it and they're raising it and they're having a conflict with the sheep there's a lot (laughs) of um angry yelling at sheep are they are the sheep trying to take it back? Like that's I think, our I think the sheep want it back. Oh, I think the sheep want it dead. I think the sheep know it's an abomination. Because I think there's a there's a real quick flash of a of an adult um sheep with a human body. Um right? Like with a with a like a black wooled sheep. I didn't get a good look at it. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But um I like that we don't know. A24 really knows how to cut a trailer, you know? I like that I, I don't know what this is. I God only knows it's the Beach Boy song. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Um, but That's the happy trailer. part of the trailer, where they're just raising their child. Yeah. Their lamb child. Son. This is my son. Um, yes. <laughs> and I love this trailer. I am going to stay in this movie, guaranteed. It's 10 out of 10. It better be great. I'm going to be so mad if it's not good, but it should be. I, go watch this trailer. At the yes. very least, it'll make you want to see more. You might not be as enthralled with it being good, but there's no way you're going to see this trailer and not be curious about what this thing is about. I'm so about it. October, again, is going to be crazy. Yeah. In October. If, and, Oh wait! It better not come out same day. Same day as Dune. I'm gonna be upset. It doesn't. Okay. You're good. Good. So it's this, and then Halloween, and then Dune. What? What a month. Let's go. But anyway, um, that's all. When does Halloween come out? Halloween October 31st. No, it's 15th. No, oh. this is the eighth. Oh, that would be why Google is telling me when is the Halloween 2021 date is October 31st. Good one, Dylan. That that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, big yikes. Okay, Dune is um, and October 22nd. Okay, and then... Uh, and this yeah. is October 8th, so October, we're good. I'm sure there was one more in the middle. There's got to be one. But um, anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. I think uh, we've, we've covered everything. Uh, I think we've got it all. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, go check out that lamb trailer and go in and tell Ron that you miss him and ask for what he thought about Snake Eyes. Tell him to ask him ask him why he loves Snake Eyes so much. Yeah, and ask him about the lamb trailer also. Ask oh yeah, ask him about lamb. <laughs> I actually I haven't talked to Ron about lamb yet. I'm sure I'm sure he's a uh... shook. Yes, yeah, shook. But anyway, that's gonna do it for uh, us this week. Thank y'all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time.